Welcome to Talk Design. I'm Adrian Ramsey, and with the Architects Marketing Institute, I'm going to bring you 12 special editions. These 12 editions, the architects who are presenting their homes on the Austin AIA Homes Tour. They're all very inspiring, and there's some secret special tips that you'll get towards the end of each podcast. I hope you're as inspired as I am. My guests on Talk Design today are part of the Austin AIA Homes Tour, and they're both architects, so this is going to be an interesting discussion. So I would like to welcome Krista and Ernesto to the show, and we're going to talk about the West Campus home, and this is actually their own home, so we should get some, uh, some fun conversation out of this. So guys, thank you for being here and making the time. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having Thanks. us. My first question is going to be, how did you meet? And then we'll go, how, the, how your overall philosophy differs from each other or is in harmony with each other, but where are the nuances? Where are the points? Um, so tell us the story of the romance. We met at the School of Architecture at the University of Texas, like 10 blocks from our house. Like, yeah, you know. we, we, we like to tell people we haven't gone very far in life. <laughs> Getting around. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we, we met there. We used to uh, we used to enjoy. Uh, Krista is a big fan of dance halls and uh, country music from the middle part of the last century. We used to do a lot of dancing in dance halls, and that's how our relationship started. More more over entertainment than architecture, but yeah. uh, doing a lot of two step. Yeah, I was about to say. So you're a two step queen, and and you're really good on two step as well. Yeah, good enough. Good enough to keep her happy, at least <laughs> to convince her. To, you know, keep her. dancing with you. Uh, just, you know, to someone else had I not improved my form. I absolutely love, like, when I'm in Texas, I, you know, going Continental Club or wherever, and I, I'm not that good a dancer. Um, but just the whole scene, that two-step scene where, and I, I described it to my wife who wasn't that impressed because I this is how I described it. I said, so you've got this club or, or hall or whatever and there's a band and they'll be a really cool band and then the women kind of gather around the dance floor but the men go and pick them and then put them back and she's like, what? And I said, well, they pick them and it's not a big thing. They just pick them. They could be 18 or 80 and they'll pick them, dance with them and then they put them back. And she's like, you, you put them back? And I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like you're trying to make a relationship. You're just having a dance. And she's like, you put them back? She got caught on this. I'm like, yeah, well, okay. Well, yeah, it's it's not a creepy thing. It's not like you have to say no to the guy. It, it, it's like a gentleman thing. Yeah, and yeah, it's, the words got you, but it's, it's not as bad as it sounds. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> terrible. It sounds terrible, eh? And uh, like, I love going, I love live music. So that's one of my joys of coming to Texas. And, you know, funnily enough, with that, um, you'll always find me in some club, like where there's music, often the Continental Club if I'm around town. Um, but I, I have a, I have a Stetson roadie here, which, oh, um, <laughs> which uh, I bought after seeing a guy in the Continental Club dancing with a girl and he had a roadie on. And I'm like, what is that hat? Because it's the right size. Yeah. And there you go. <laughs> so, yes, okay. So your love of um, dance halls and dancing. Mm. There you go, yeah. yeah. Kind of cemented our, yeah. our relationship. Yeah. We did a lot of 
driving, like we do a lot to, of road trips, yeah, yeah to different to dance, dance halls, halls like all over within, Central Texas, yeah, yeah, like 150 miles of Austin. So yeah, right. Car in addition to dancing. time on the dance floor. <laughs> so you got to talk about it, talk a lot as well, which is really lovely. That is good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's cool. So okay, cool. So it wasn't just driven by architecture. That was just the the kind of little piece of glue that put you together at the start. You were in the same place at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we actually never had a class together. That was just the introduction. Yeah. yeah. Just the introduction. Oh wow. Okay. Were you in the same years, or was one you were ahead or behind? Or? I'm actually a year ahead, but I, uh, I I went there for an undergraduate degree, and Krista over here was there for a graduate degree. Right. They, they do overlap. The degree programs do overlap in terms of they have this. They share the same courses at the last the last two years, but we were not in any classes. Oh, okay. And was Kevin um, one of your professors? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for both of you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love Kevin. He's an awesome guy. He's a really cool guy. So yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. Um, so tell me this then. You already knew you were going to become architect, so we won't go there. Um, how does your philosophy, you know, what's what's in the design philosophy, how is it different for both of you? What what are the nuances? And especially having designed your own home and you're still together and you're still laughing, you're still happy. So there must have been some great little learnings in that journey. Yeah, I, I'll, uh, <laughs> I tell this story a lot because it's true. <laughs> So, you know, we go way back with architecture because our first house that we had together was this amazing uh, studio apartment by uh, Harwell Hamilton Harris, who's a great uh, mid-century architect from California. He came to be dean of the UT School of Architecture, and he was instrumental in sort of creating a whole new way of teaching architecture in the United States. And uh, he built one house for an English professor, and that English professor built this triplex, really just to house his, his gay lover. And uh, that was a beautiful building, one of Harris's best works, and we were lucky enough to, to be able to, to move in, and we eventually purchased the property and uh, restored it. And so for many years, we, we lived there. And, uh, and we, it's a block away from where we are. Of course, right. of course, yeah. yeah. It's right next door. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just where you like things, just how you like it, in the neighborhood. <laughs> Very far. And, uh, and so we, res- we restored that and did renovations. And, and I tell this story a lot because we never got along design-wise when we were doing that work. It was always, I used to call it least common denominator design. It was just like, we would just argue about what we should do. And in the end, we just picked the thing that we could each live with. And uh, so when we started this one, it was kind And they were small remodels, so it wasn't, very there wasn't a lot. Not a lot of ambition there. <laughs> bathroom remodel. Exactly. Right, and, right. And, so you, and that was a task. It was painful, I got to say. <laughs> and, so, and, and that kind of underlies the differences because I think we, we have very similar sensibilities. We both gravitated to the same professors in school. Mm-hmm both believed in the same kind of ethics and ethos of architecture. We love the same architects, but Krista, I'm going to say I have an engineering background and I am 9H rigorous, if you know what that means. Like, remember the old drafting pencils? And uh, Krista is, she's got an, she's got an anthropology undergraduate. She's a little bit more of a free, a a little looser, a little bit more of a free thinker. And she, I think she likes ENTQ versus RTJ. Yes, there's that. Definitely likes a little more whimsy. 
yeah. to things that aren't so um, rigid, cohesive. <laughs> yes. And I know it's not good for me. I know I shouldn't be this way, but I just can't stop it. <laughs> <laughs> it's welded. It's DNA. <laughs> it's not coming out. Uh, that's amazing. Well, there's got to be some incredible parts of your home based off both of those. So structurally, though, um, I'm guessing, uh, Ernesto, it was uh, that sort of the shaping and stuff was heavily influenced by you? Well, interestingly enough, no. No, yeah. So, I, I tell me that. I 3D... Massing and modeling, yeah. yeah. Massing and modeling for the, the house. And so the that form, uh, like the larger box on the smaller box, really uh, yeah. was, was my hand. And what I like about it is that people always think, oh, it kind of looks a little more like an altar studio project. It does. And the irony is that that was not the case. And in fact, when after Krista kind of came up with that, I looked at it and I was like, yeah, that does make a lot of sense. But I just kept trying to oh, do. Yeah, he did several. I did not. I did not so. want it to be that way. And I just yeah. kept trying and trying. And just like none of that made yeah. sense. There, there was a scheme that had a dormer. Like oh, initially yeah. you were there was not a, wanting to do a flat roof. Yeah, there was a lot of th- a lot of iterations. And then finally we were just like, this makes sense. And then just to make sure that I wasn't, I, I actually took it to my partners, Tim and Kevin. And they were like, yeah, of course, that's what you want to do. And I always remember Kevin looking at one of the other ones I had done and says, I just don't really understand that. <laughs> <laughs> Brutally honest, yeah. yeah. What, were you, were you just, what were you thinking here? Oh, that's a classic. When you, uh, when you, when you were doing that, Krista, did um, Ernesto know you were drawing it at that point? So, yeah, yeah. I, I have this. I have this thing I do with clients where I say, um, "I want you to write a wish list," you know, and a, and I mean wish. I don't. I don't. I don't mean what you think you can have. I I mean a wish list. And I say, I want you to write them completely separately. I don't want you to talk. I want you to get these lists out separately. And I want you to then weight your wish list with, um, "I won't live without it." Uh, it'd be, "I want this in my." That that's number one. The other is, "I I want this in my home." And the other is, if you could get this in my home, I'd be delighted, but I, I can live without it. And then, only then, can you talk. <laughs> so you go away, write your lists, and then combine. And then I want to see all three lists, because I want to see what got thrown out on both sides as well uh, with the combination. And I, I was thinking the number of times, like, I, if I do something like that with my wife, she's, she turns up and she's got, you know, like a big piece of paper filled out. And I'm like, oh, damn. Um, I've only got three things on here. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm going to lose this one. <laughs> I know I'm the folks on my side. <laughs> exactly. So that's why I said, did you do that without her, without him there? Um, or not without him there, but did you just present it and go, I've got this idea for the house? I think I went in until it was something I liked yeah. before I showed it to him. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. I didn't want to kind of like step by step. Dissect it and, and pull it apart too early. Yeah. So that's, that's another point in it. So you got it to the massing sort of side of it and, and understanding it. Then what? What happened after that? Well, you know, we had, for a long time, we had, we knew we had to leave our beautiful studio apartment that Paris designed. And, and, and so we had been looking at properties and thinking about what we could design that could, we could actually afford because we're architects, not 
people who hire architects. And uh, we'll come and, back to that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so we, we had been developing a lot of like very simple plans that we liked. Um, and so when we, when we acquired this property and we subdivided, we actually bought a much bigger property and subdivided, subdivided in half with neighbors. Um, and, and then when we- So started, just, just on that point, did you design their house as well? No, we did not. Um, you know, we talked about, we but talked they about but they picked a, another architect, which was great because it's someone who really shared more of their sensibilities, I think. And so we had a whole host of ideas that we were already, we knew we were going to execute in one form or another. And, um, and then when we got this lot, it was pretty constrained because of the mature trees. We had to make it narrower than the normal because the original lot wasn't wide enough to support two full width lots. And so, um, you know, we found that there weren't a lot of options, which in a way was kind of nice. Um, we originally wanted a one story and we couldn't do that because the lot couldn't, couldn't support a one story. And yeah, and you so couldn't get the, the, the square feet on the ground, the footprint. You have, have to, we would not have a backyard and we wouldn't have, we'd have to cut down a beautiful tree, which we legally couldn't cut down. The city yeah. So that was kind of good in a way, in, in the sense that we had a, a host. So we had some limited Yeah, we had, we had some limited options, both by budget and a kind of set of ideas. Um, and so when we went into it, it was, it was kind of relatively fluid, I think, for that reason. So go back to this point on budget, um, because, you know, like I, I see this in you know, myself as well. And like with lots of architects I know around the world, you often end up, well, I certainly know Alter Studios work and there's a lot of big budget homes that are done there. And um, actually, do you know Jeffrey Dungan, American architect? Jeffrey said to me, my clients have the right kind of change. <laughs> and I was like, that's such a lovely way of saying that they can afford the kind of house that they're looking to have. And when we do our own projects, of course, we um, don't necessarily have those big budgets. We don't have that amount of cash to splash around in it. And I, I say splash around, that's probably unfair to invest in it. Um, you know, it's a different kind of lifestyle and stuff. And also, we often aren't as driven by size because. We know that bringing it down in size, not only is budget-wise is fantastic, but it also means that what you spend in your finishes goes up, you know, like you, you, you can do more um, when you've got the sensibility of small and tight size things. And so with that, building it to your own budget, how did you go? Well, that's exactly it. We, we really wanted to make sure that we weren't doing anything that was intrinsic to the design that was inherently expensive. Um, we knew we, we were going to be at the rock bottom of what our two firms have ever designed for, built for. But it, it did help, and I, I exactly what you're saying. And having lived in that Harris apartment in spaces that are um, compact and efficient, but generous and, yeah. and, and, and exude a certain form of luxury um, without being extravagant, that was things that sort of informed the idea that we could work with the budget because we didn't we weren't wanting things that were necessarily going to be challenging the bottom line being really selective about where we spend money uh just being selective about you know, like the soapstone countertops like we'd had those in our last two houses and it's like that didn't feel negotiable it's like i love yeah, yeah. There's we love them that we want and, yeah and, and they were the kind of relatively modest thing yeah so, so when people are touring your home, and and you know, point to make here is is that they would never get a look in this house unless it was on the tour and it was a virtual tour. This is a you know 
it's a, a real one-off shot. And, you know, because you both come from notable firms where the, the, the client width and stuff is different, you, you what you learn in doing your own project like this is an, an inherently valuable to all projects from this point on, you know, from the point of designing it on, because you are crunching it tighter than you would possibly normally even be required to. And also you get very much down to what matters. So people touring your home, because they are going to get to. Tell me some things about the house that uh, that you'd really love them to discover or understand. And, you know, where maybe for the people who don't go out and hire an architect to do their job that are on coming on the tour, that they can actually learn from it from for their own projects or, or you know, other architects might learn from it for their own projects. Well, I think it kind of like segues into what we, what we were talking about is I think what I really like about our house um, and, I, and then I think this is the thing that you really can't see from the pictures, unfortunately, or the uh, videos, is that it's a very compact and efficient house, but it lives very generously. And it, it, the spaces never feel like they were compromised. They, they have this kind of beautiful fit. I don't think that every small 1900 square foot house has that. I think, I think there's a lot of 1900 square foot houses that just feel like they're just too small. Right. Or they feel like they're this kind of warren of tiny rooms that are all programmed or they feel like they're, there's just this kind of amorphous great room that doesn't have any sense of intimacy and character. And what I really love about our house, and, and that's something that's very hard to experience, is that it truly is like an architectural procession. Like I'm looking at your drawings of the Villa Salon in the back <laughs> over there. And I'm reminded of that thing that Corbusier, that, that genius of Corbusier, that, that as you walk through a, a, a house, it opens up a series of experiences that you can never have in, in a series of stills and, and even in the series of videos. Because as you see through it, the qualities of light, the subtlety of material and texture, inform that understanding of the space. And, and, and that is something that, you know, I wish people could experience because I think people tend to still build too big, uh, even though sure. you know, the age of the giant houses is hopefully past us, although COVID is kind of bringing it back. We'll um, say, we'll say. But, uh, but, but I just, I, I always do feel like people want to build more than they need and then can't spend as much to make those spaces as unique and special as they could be. I think one of the, sorry, go Krista. I said, well, and then you don't actually inhabit or occupy those spaces, like when there are so many or they're so big. like they're Or they're specific to a purpose. I think yeah. one of the joys that we get out of our house is that having to use spaces in a multifaceted way, you experience them in a richer way as a concept. You do, you do. And the space actually um, becomes richer for it as well, like the actual space because it, it, it's transition space and because it's, um, you know, like it, you might have a living room, but it's used in multiple contexts. It's, yeah, I think I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I often just go, I have this thing where I say to clients, so we've got a breakfast bar, uh, we've got a little dining table, we've got the dining table for everybody, and then we've got the outside set. By the way, how many meals are you getting a day? And <laughs> I'm, like, I'm lucky if I get two, you know, like three. I'm really that's a weekend. Um, so what? How many? How many do you have? Because at the moment, you guys are flat out just trying to get a, get out of the house to go somewhere because you've got to eat in all these spots every day. And I, I talk about you know those things where 
you know, a breakfast bar might be a, a kitchen and a in the kitchen area, and it's a workstation almost. It's get things done, move on, keep going. You know, America's a little different because you've got counters. Like you go to a, a diner and eat at a counter, but it's a it's a make it happen kind of space where a dining space is where you sit and talk and spend more time. So yeah, in your place, how did you how did you work with those uh, challenges? Like you got dining and I didn't look enough to see what the kitchen setup was like. Yeah, like there's an island, but there's no seating. Seating at it. Yeah, you're standing, so it's really just a dining room table. Um, yeah, and the dining room table is connected nicely to the kitchen in a way that you know it it it, ha- it feels like its own space because of the banquette and the built-in table. But it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't um, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily take up its own room. So it's, yeah. it, it has the joy of the connection without necessarily feeling like you're eating in the kitchen, you know, even though, of course, you're very much eating in the kitchen. Yeah, so you're in the same space. So how did, um, how did you go with homeschooling? Are you still doing homeschooling by any chance? Ernesto, are you still at home working or are you both? Both at home working, yeah. How are you going with that? And I won't say compact house, but a smaller home. Well, you know, luckily we have two little ones that cannot be at home. And so luckily they have moved on to a small little pod. Um, our daughter is a good example. You know, we, we did build every bedroom with like a little built-in office area. And I saw that. And, you know, Ava is great. She's very uh, efficient and she actually gets She's her work very, done. like, yeah, self-motivated and disciplined about her yeah. schoolwork. So. And, and she likes her room. And so she goes in there and, and, and works. Uh, we work in our bedroom. We get, we have an yeah. office bedroom, and uh, and luckily everyone can kind of make it happen in that way. Mm. But with the little one, disaster, and there's no architecture that can fix that. <laughs> Some problems architecture cannot solve. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is out of the realm. This is out of the realm. Um, so when people come to the home, when I say come to the home uh, virtually, tell me some points that uh, would be really worth them looking for searching out when they're doing the virtual tour? I think they should really like, um, you know, even though it's a little tough to do, I think they should kind of like, you know, find themselves in a sequence of spaces. You know, there is going to be the, you know, the matter point photography, which allows 360 views of every room. And while it's not art photography, in an interesting way, it actually conveys the spirit of the house pretty well. Uh, I was pretty nicely impressed by it. And And I think understanding that sequence is quite rich. I think they should look at that. I think another thing they, they should look at is the, you know, the relationship of function to aesthetics. I think one of the things that we really wanted to do is every functional element in the house, we wanted to make it have an aesthetic effect. Um, oh, nice. So like, give me a couple of examples. Well, like the, the, the little screen wall that divides the entry from the kitchen. So you don't enter the front door and immediately find yourself in the kitchen. It's a steel plate clad wall that is a very thin shelf on the other side. So it's functional in that way that it's our liquor cabinet and our uh, pantry. <laughs> our pantry. Oh, no, our liquor, we, don't, we don't drink that much. We use Uber for eats, but we, we've, got a, we've got a bar back here. <laughs> You've got kids, I understand the drinking. But it also continues the, like, the exterior facade, like, comes in through the front door. It's also steel, so it does this the job of, like, tying the outside and the inside together, as well as dividing the space and then providing a little storage. And then we have, like, um, we did this thing that I, I thought was really just a great idea. I'm, 
I just think I'm most proud of myself for coming up with. Um, you know, you, you can buy those really expensive air grills that, you know, these beautiful aluminum bar grills that cost a fortune. And yeah. uh, so we designed all the, ha- all the houses, totally manufactured cabinets from Ikea. So they're, they're like the most economical cabinets you can get with these very fixed dimensions. And all of the, almost every top of every cabinet is trimmed out with a steel bar grate that you use for industrial, you know, huh. for industrial flooring, you know? Yeah. And instead of an aluminum bar grill, we use this, this, this continuous steel bar grate, which was dirt cheap. And all the air, most of the supply and return system comes through those bar grates. And I, I just like those grills just give the house this kind of like tailored, sort of customized sensibility that just ties the cabinets together in a way that, that makes them look quite special and unique. But it's, you know, it's this totally functional element. You know, sometimes it's the fridge or the AV cabinet, other times it's supplying air conditioning in return. And sometimes it's just creating a reveal and then, between and the then, cabinet and, and the then Sometimes it's just there for aesthetics, but the, it, it just meshes the, the functional with the aesthetic in a way that's just so rich. And, you know, obviously you can say the same thing about the oak screens and yeah. we have these pivot doors that hide functional cabinetry, but they become paneled walls in our dining room. Um, uh-huh. So that rich marriage is something that I, I always love in architecture, and, and I love it more here because it was about... It was about a kind of rich efficiency that needed aesthetics with, with, with the needs of the home. Yeah, you didn't lose the um, ability to make it beautiful. No, in fact, it, 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 it reinforced that, yeah. and that, that's what I always love. So that's actually really cool for people who are um, you know, doing the tour to actually dig and take that time just to, to spot those items and spot how that is, because one of the most beautiful things about architecture is volume you know, and space volume and, and, and how that changes your emotional feel of the space. Like, and that's the thing that probably the virtual tour will miss the most is the the personal change and, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're, that's kind of go back to a Frank Lloyd Wright thing there. We're all kind of human sized. But um, as the volume changes, we emotionally shift. And as light changes, of course, we emotionally shift. And um, that volume and light, as that does that, will be hard to experience. You can't experience it. You can see it, but you can't experience the feeling of it. When you take a walk through your home from one end to the other or around it, for you guys, how does it feel? And does it feel how you imagined it would feel before you were your own clients? I think it feels how... I imagine it would feel like from the the 3D model, I I definitely have this memory of like coming home from work when we first finished with the house and just having this sense of like feeling so lucky that, you know, like we lived here and it was maybe two, three months in that I didn't have that feeling every time I came home. It's like, oh, that, like I still really enjoy it, but it isn't this conscious like, wow, um, like the light is so great or like looking out at the, the yard, like we have this incredible oak tree in the backyard um, and just coming home to see that every day. Yeah, it, is, it, is, it's, it was nice that to, when the house was finished, just sort of like, it goes a little bit back to our, you know, our experience at Harris Studio. Like I, I still remember the first morning we woke up in that Harris Studio and, and looked out the windows and we were just like, oh, it's true what they say about architecture. It makes your life. <laughs> it's not it wasn't just it wasn't just some kool-aid that we drank in school and uh you know there's that part of you that's always a little bit of cynic you know um and then when we came in here it was so refreshing to experience that all over again 
you know, that, that it's just the joy of, of space that's been just intimately and well-designed and to inhabit it, to wake up in it, you know, to, for it to be part of your, your daily routine. It's, it's just, you know, that, that was something that, even though I think we were, obviously we were expecting it, we, you know, but it's still, it's still a kind of rush, you know, when, when you, you kind of, yeah, when you, even so like we visited every day at least yeah. like since we lived a block away while i was under contract so we got to see it constantly the contractor must have just been like can't they move out of town while i'm trying to get this thing done <laughs> and when he wasn't here <laughs> I, yeah, exactly <laughs> i would come at lunch every day and make sure it's, it's <laughs> the management fees were awful yeah um is there anything you'd change in the home I would add a swimming pool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would for certainly not add a swimming pool. No, um, you know, I think there's some little things really like, um, you know, quite honestly, I think I would change very little. I like to joke with my daughter. Uh, I, I wanted to do, I, we should have just done it all electric. <laughs> Instead, we have, we actually have gas service. We have a hot water, gas hot water heater and a gas cooktop. And I wish we just did it all electric. Yeah, we have solar phot photovoltaics. So we were almost net zero. And even with fantastic. Those, We've been pretty darn close to net zero. And um, yeah, I think there's little things like that that, you know, you obviously always make architecture so complex. And even a simple house like this, when you yeah. there's yeah. always like 20 that you want back to detail differently. <laughs> and, you know, it's too late. But, you know. I'm yeah, it, uh, I ask the question because I, I often ask it of my clients, you know, like two years in, I'll go, we'll be sitting having a glass of wine. I go, okay, give me the list. What would you change? And normally the list is based around the things that they didn't expect that they um, got from it. Because of course they've never got the vision that you've got. They can't get it at that same level. The things that they discovered that they can't believe you thought of along the way or that you thought of in the design. But then there'll be the odd thing where they'll go, you know, like this is something that, that we never imagined. And I'll go, God, oh, I never got that either. That's really interesting. We could change that, you know, like this would be what it would take to change or that can't be changed. You know, and that's more about the nuance of how they live. And so you guys being in your own place, in your own um, design and all those pieces and both having a voice in it as opposed to one voice in it. Um, I've got one more question. Was there ever a point where you went, we've got to go and hire an architect to do this job? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, you know, I think at the end, when it came to hanging the towel bars, <laughs> we just stopped agreeing. <laughs> Again, we reverted to our old ways, and I think that's that's probably the only time I wanted to hire an architect. <laughs> 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 You're a designer, because <laughs> uh, you did your own interiors, of course, as well. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. I'm so looking forward to seeing the house on the video, you know, and being able to do those things. That was really fabulous, really, really fabulous. I want to thank you so much for being on here, um, and Krista. I want to do a, a podcast on dance halls of central texas that would be really fun to do um and and from an architectural perspective as well i imagine you did that part of what you yeah i did for a handful of the dance halls that i photographed but the majority of the work is photography black and white yeah. medium format photos yeah cool and and are they um displayed somewhere um they now live in our house mainly um, in other people's houses. In other people's houses. I had four or five exhibitions, and I have an exhibition catalog. Um, 
the kind of documents, everything that was in the exhibit, um, but they have, it's been disassembled and mm -hmm. pieces sold. So if people were to see them in the house, they could contact you and go, hey, tell me about this piece or where do I get a photo like this? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Cool. That would be, I mean, it's one of those things. So, like, I know when we tour houses, um, we'll often, like, go, oh, wow, who was the artist who painted that or where did that piece come from or that sculpture or whatever it is, you know. And um, not so much for me when I go there because I don't want to carry it home. I'm more likely to wear a hat. But uh, mm -hmm. more on the other side of being able to go, hey, that's, um, yeah, like I'd buy a piece of art, no problem whatsoever, and take it home. In fact, I do. It's one of the joys of traveling. But, yeah, it's that kind of thing. It's, it's, so if people can see, if they see them on the walls, then they can get in contact and maybe, maybe buy a piece. That would be great. Well, guys, thank you so much. I look forward to catching up when I'm in Austin. Uh, yeah. which maybe will be next year. Who knows? Hopefully. We'll see. I've been there for the tour of the last five years. So, um, yeah, maybe next year we'll do it. We'll see if we're allowed to travel out of uh, Australia by then. At the moment, our borders are closed. So thank you. I'm really excited to see the house, and I'm sure lots of other people are as well. And we will maybe do a little catch-up after the tour, and then you can tell me about what feedback from the tour was, and then also about uh, Central Texas dance halls. Okay. Excellent. Sounds great. Thanks, Thanks so guys. Take Thank care. You. Thank you All for right. your time. Hi, my name's Richard Petrie, and if you're a designer who's frustrated by not winning the type of projects with clients who really value great design, go to a new webinar training I'm going to give you where I'll teach you how to win higher value design projects, where fees is not the number one priority. Go to archmarketing.org forward slash talk design.